Hello, everybody. This is Coach Aaron Saft in the Running is Life podcast. Today's guest, as promised, is Faith Raymond. And Coach Faith Raymond is um, just a, a wonderful, wonderful coach with uh, a vast expanse of knowledge. And she's going to share that today with us. Uh, we're talking about the female menstrual cycle and how that affects uh, women's training, um, recovery, nutrition, all of those sorts of things, uh, because man, there's there's a lot that goes into this, and we're learning more and more every day. And I, as a coach, need to improve in this area myself. So I really enjoyed this conversation, and I thank for uh, Coach Faith for coming on, and uh, and really elaborating and uh, shedding some light on this topic. Um, seems to be getting more and more prevalent um, in, the, in the podcast world, especially in uh, research. Uh, Dr. Stacy Sims has brought a lot to the forefront, and we keep, like I said, continuing to learn. And that's my intention, is to continue to learn. So thank you, Coach. And uh, after the conversation, I'll catch up with you all and let you know what's going on here in the world of running its life. Okay? Enjoy the conversation. Faith Raymond is with me. Coach Faith Raymond. <laughs> I hey, <missed> Aaron. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, Faith. Um Faith and I uh, crossed paths at the uh, USCA, um Ultra Running Conference, but we met each other um, kind of uh, informally, I guess, uh, through raising money for uh, the Vermont Adaptive for the Vermont 100. Um, so Faith, um, once again, thank you for being here. And please, let's uh, let everybody know a little bit about you and your background. Sure. Well, thanks for having me, Aaron. Um, and it was very nice to meet you finally in person after meeting <laughs> virtually right. um, a few times via Zoom um, for the race that didn't happen, <laughs> unfortunately. All right. Um, yeah. So I live here in Vermont, not far from the Vermont 100 course. Um, me, my husband, and our brand new fur baby that we just got a couple of weeks ago. Um I'm a coach. I'm a scientist by trade. I do okay. have a master's degree in oceanography. Um, wow. Not much use for that in Vermont. <laughs> 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 but why I have that degree and how I came <laughs> to that uh, is another story for another time. <laughs> uh, suffice to say that uh, my husband interrupted my job search <laughs> in that field. So... I ended up staying in Connecticut. And then when he retired, we moved to Vermont. Um, but yeah, so I started off part-time as, as a coach. I was a substitute teacher when we lived in Connecticut. When COVID happened, uh, obviously schools shut down, that kind of thing. Um, and then as they started to reopen with the different uh restrictions they had in place and, and things that they wanted to add back, you know, onto the teachers. Um, my husband just didn't want me to go back. Mm. So I was like, okay, I mean, I, I get it. I loved being a substitute, but you know, I understand, um, you know, I have an elderly mom, neither one of us are spring chickens. So he's like, you know what, you might as well just stay home and stay out of the, the fray and, and, you know, let's not go down that road again. Um, so I started expanding, trying to expand my coaching business. Um, hmm. So I have two coaches who work with me as subcontractors. Um, one of them has a full roster. Um, my roster is bounces around a little bit. Sometimes it's full, sometimes it's not. Um, 
you know, given the, the time of year, especially, um, and then my other coach, we're building up her roster and she also works for herself and has some of her own athletes, but together we, um, serve a wide variety of athletes. We especially like working with women, um, myself, especially, I love working with women in my demographic. That's what got me into coaching in the first place. Mm. Um, you know, was knowing that there was an underserved niche out there. Um, you know, my experiences, I came to running very late in life. I didn't start running till I was, I don't know, 45 years old, maybe. Um, you know, so through my own journey, I started realizing that um, I could no longer train even when I first started as, you know, pre-menopausal slash kind of perimenopausal. Once I hit post-menopause, I realized I couldn't train the same way anymore. I was not getting the same results. Things weren't feeling great, yada, yada, yada. Um, so that's when I really started to hone in my coaching focus on women in my age demographic, um, you know, Obviously, not a lot of um, studies have been done on women. We know that we're very underserved, very um, underrepresented in in science, science, you know, studies and that sort of thing. So that's been my mission <laughs> is, <laughs> is to help provide the best information I can to women, especially, but especially women in my age demographic. Nice, nice. And that's, that's the focus of our conversation. Um, also, um, just as a side, um, cause I get a lot of questions about, about coaching. Um, a lot of people are curious, uh, what was your path to becoming a coach? What did you do in, in your journey so far as, uh, educating yourself and, and finding your way as a coach? Sure. So being a scientist by training, if not by trade, <laughs> um, <laughs> When I, when I was having these difficulties in my own training, my husband suggested, look, you know, you love to learn, you love to help people. You obviously need to try and figure out how to serve yourself better in, you know, in your running journey. So have you thought about becoming a coach? And I was like, hmm. I, you know, I, I, I haven't, but I do love teaching. That's why I was a substitute. Um, so I started looking for a certification platform and I found USCA, which mm-hmm. is all about the science, right? So yep. that immediately attracted me. And this was when, um, Rick was actually still living in New York city <laughs> when, when I, I found USCA and took that certification. Um, so I found him fairly early on. Um, and, and who is Rick for those that don't know Rick? <laughs> Rick is the founder of USCA. Um, he's the big cheese. And uh, yeah, so I took at the time, he just had the running certification and the triathlon certification. So I took the running certification and then that's what I used to launch my business. And I started quite small. I had three athletes that I was, they were my guinea pigs. As I Mm -hmm. was going through the certification, they let me coach them for free. 
while I was learning and, and honing my skills and everything. And then when I launched, they came aboard as my first three paying athletes and things just kind of, uh, blew up from there, um, through mostly through word of mouth. Um, and yeah. And then Rick came calling to called me and was like, I'm seeing you're having a lot of success. I'm really impressed with how you like grew your business so quickly and effectively and athletes seem to love you. And how would you like to partner with Ueska and, you know, be our director of coach development and, you know, develop some programs together. I'm like, I would love that. So that's, <laughs> that's how I got involved with Ueska. So yeah, I've got lots of nice. tentacles out there. I do lots of different things and I absolutely love it. <laughs> that's fantastic. What is the name of your company? Run Long, Run Strong Endurance Coaching. Run Long, Run Strong. <laughs> that's a good yep. one. Well, I came to that name simply because that's what I wanted to provide to my athletes, mm -hmm. right? I do coach. I, I have some athletes who are half marathoners, marathoners. I have other athletes who are hundred milers and beyond, but my focus is ultra running. So that's where the run long comes from mm -hmm. and the run strong, because that's, that's what I want to give them. I want them to be able to be strong and healthy for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So nice. Yep. Yeah. That's, I think our, our, the name of our, our company has to represent us and what the, what we're trying to do, you know? Absolutely. Um, that's great. That's great. Everybody that listens to this podcast knows <laughs> where mine comes from. Um, <laughs> are you a, uh, uh, Ted Lasso fan? Have you ever seen Ted Lasso? I am not a Ted Lasso fan. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Not everybody is. Yeah. No, the, the one player on there, uh, Danny, Danny Rojas, he's, uh, he plays football as life and he just has so much joy. So that's where running his life had come from. It's just, that's it's awesome. what brings, brings joy. Love so, it. Um, <laughs> I love that. Um, oh, great. So thank you for sharing all of that. Um, and you know, this, um, this has been, uh, a journey for, um, a lot of people to bring up this conversation about, um, the menstrual cycle right? Like the, that used yeah. to be a word that was very difficult for a male <laughs> like myself to stay, you know? Um, and it took me a while because I grew up with, that was something that men just didn't talk about, you know? And so, um, you know, as I started to evolve as a coach, I had to learn how to involve that conversation and not be embarrassed by it or, you know, because it was nothing to be embarrassed about. Right. This is something that can help women if we are listening to what's going on and the women listen to their body. So, you know, let's, let's just talk about, you know, what's going on. Um, now with the menstrual cycle, um, why don't you just start? I mean, you know, most women are going to know the menstrual cycle and I mean, there are going to be a few coaches that will probably listen to this. So, uh, and, you know, be it male, female, we could probably all use a review <laughs> of the, the menstrual cycle itself. Now, like, you know, we'll get into each phase and, and how it can affect everybody differently. But um, just give us an overview, if you would, please. Yeah. So um, I, I kind of want to add to what you were saying, too, as well, that, Absolutely. you know, it, it's not historically, it's not been just men who don't talk about it. Right. Because. Mm. um when I was growing up, like 
we didn't talk about it either. Mm. Right. It may yeah. be amongst your friends, you giggle, you know, but it was not discussed as something that, you know, was open and honest and natural. Right. If you even think about some of the, the religious overtones too, this used to be like called the curse and called, you know, this and that and the other thing. And women were dirty and you don't. So I don't think it it's just men. I think it as a whole society, this country anyway, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but we are very uptight, right? When it comes to things like that, talking about things like that. So yeah. the more of us that can discuss it openly and and make the menstrual cycle less of a four-letter word, um, I I think that it's just gonna benefit everyone. Absolutely. Right. So in a nutshell, it's basically the, it's, it's the woman's body readying itself uh, to be a host for a baby and to cultivate a baby. Um, you have ovulation halfway between your, your, your luteal phase and follicular phase. Um, and it, here's, here's another thing that a lot of people don't understand. They just assume that it's a 28 day cycle, because if you're on an oral contraceptive that you have a 28 day cycle of pills, but the average woman's cycle is actually closer to 40 days. Hmm. So, um, you know, so when we, we talk about this three week on and one week off training, right. It, it, this is kind of what it was based on. And as you can see, um, that doesn't work. Right. <laughs> doesn't right. Work. Um, and, and there's a lot of, as, as you learned from Jason Coop at the, the conference, right? There, there are studies out there that show women can benefit by changing up their training to sync with their cycle. Um, some studies show that it doesn't really matter if, if you do that or not. It can be, you know, more work than it's worth. But if there's one thing I've discovered as, especially as a postmenopausal athlete, if something's not working for you, you have to change it, period, end of conversation. It doesn't matter whether um, what your what your thought process is, is supported by science or not. I, I know I'm a science scientist by, by training, but at the end of the day, what's going on inside of our bodies has to take priority. So if something isn't working, we need to change it. So mm. if you have an athlete who... Um, has a particularly hard, difficult time either lifting heavy weights or doing high intensity workouts during the high hormone phase of their, their cycle, then I don't really care whether there's science supporting, you know, changing up their training to sync with their cycle or not. I'm going to change it because they're obviously having a hard time. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. And, you know, it's been my experience in communicating with uh, female athletes that not everybody responds to the, the you know, the, the varying uh, phases of the menstrual cycle in the right. same way. Right. You know, some may have better performances early on and some may have it later on. Yep. And it's, I mean, it's, but it's, it's, as you said, it's being able to communicate that, right? Like with, you know, with your coach or yep. in your planning, right? That, exactly. you know, 
it's, you know, like my, my wife, for instance, knew when she wanted to race, <laughs> you know, like she knew at what part of her cycle she was going right. to be better, more apt to, to race. Right. Um, right. And so far um, as, as, you know, tracking the, the menstrual cycle, um, is there something you have your athletes do or would recommend um, athletes do? So a lot of, oh, I'm sorry, my cat's talking. It's okay. <laughs> sorry if you hear them. Um, <laughs> anyway, so a lot of devices now allow you to track, um, whether that's Garmin, Coros, Polar. Um, you can, if you use Training Peaks, you can manually put it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do use Garmin or something like that, it, Garmin especially is has become really good about um, pushing that stuff to Training Peaks. Mm-hmm. They'll push like HRV now and resting heart rate and your sleep data. And it can also uh, push your, if you track your, your menstrual cycle with Garmin, um, it can push that. There's other um, platforms out there. Wild, is it wild AI? I think Um, it's another phone app that you can use. Um, But I don't, I don't have anything specific that I have them do. I just like to have them put notes in training peaks. Cause that's, that's my go-to training peaks is my go-to mm-hmm. the more information I can get into that platform from my athletes, the better I like it. Um, whether it's, you know, just communication on, uh, feedback on how their run went or anything, I have them funnel it right into there. So I have them put notes in there and then we can try and, and kind of dig into, okay, let's look back and see, what your last few months have been like, and let's look at the notes you've left, smiley faces, unhappy faces, and see if we can drill down and and see if there's a pattern. Sometimes there isn't, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes there is no pattern. Sometimes sure. there is. Yeah. So um have yeah. you noticed anything uh so far as like HRV or or resting heart rate? Have you noticed any anything, any pattern so far so, as uh... again, we're so individual right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to mm-hmm. things like that. Um, there's, there's science that says your working heart rate will be a little bit higher in the high hormone phase. Um, because I don't have anyone that is runs consistently enough on the same terrain in the same weather under all the same circumstances for me to be able to say, yeah, your heart rate's high here because you're in the high hormone phase, right? Sure. Sometimes it's yep. the weather. Sometimes they're dehydrated. Sometimes they're fatigued. Some, you know, almost all of my athletes have other things. They have kids, they have jobs, they have spouses, they have elderly parents, they have this, they have that. So it's really hard to pinpoint what is going on. Mm-hmm. Right. But we try, we do try to look for, for patterns and, and make adjustments if necessary. Sure. And, um, you know, this is also a discussion and I, I always try to say, I have to stay in my lane and, and <laughs> try not to you know prescribe anything yep. or, um, or recommend anything that's really outside of my lane. But, right. um, for those that do when they're, they're having their period, if yep. they have a heavy, um, a heavy bleed, now yep. is that something that you know should 
perhaps they should consult and see if they need to supplement um, iron or anything to that degree. Uh, if they're in like high volume training or heavy yeah. intensity training. Yeah. So um, with regards to any supplementation, I always fall back to, you can't change it if you don't measure it. Right. right. So this was also brought up at the USCA conference. Someone asked a question about inside tracker and, yeah. you know, there were some mixed um, responses to that. So mm -hmm. I, I'm actually, I am a pro coach with inside tracker. Um, I use it myself and several of my athletes use it. And, and, and here's the thing, Aaron, if you don't know what your level is, you should never supplement like right. anything, right? Regardless. Yeah. Um, and I'll get back to answering your question specifically um, sure. in just a second. But so most women always assume they're low on iron because of the menstrual cycle, right? Well, number one, mm -hmm. we don't bleed that much to really affect that. If we have, um, a good, well-rounded diet, right. That mm -hmm. should not affect it too much. Um, but we all assume that because we've been told that, right. That we could yeah. be low on iron. So the, one of the first times that I tested with inside tracker, um, and you go to a quest laboratory, like it's not their, their phlebotomist or anything. You actually go to a, a, a lab, have your blood drawn. They run all the, the blood tests and then they just report the results to inside tracker. Um, so I was actually borderline of hematochromatosis, which is high iron, which can be just as bad as low iron. So yeah. if I just assumed that I was low iron and started taking a supplement, I could have set myself off a cliff. Yeah. Um, so whenever an athlete asks me a question like that, my first response is get your levels checked, mm -hmm. whether it's vitamin D, iron, you know, any of that stuff, um, magnesium, potassium, before you start supplementing with anything, go and get your levels checked because yeah. some of these, especially the fat soluble vitamins and the minerals, if you, you can get a toxic level if you take too much. Sure. So that's my first point. Second point is I wouldn't worry if it was just one month that they were a heavy bleed. If this was something that was repetitive, mm -hmm. you know, upwards of like two, three months, not only would I recommend that they get their blood levels checked, but I would recommend that they see their OBGYN because there may be something else going on um, that requires some medical attention. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Now the flip side to that, this one is even more important. If you have an athlete come to you and say, I missed my period this month and there's no way I can be pregnant. Right. And then they come to you the next month and say, yeah, I missed it again. That's a huge red flag. Um, I had this conversation myself and several other people had this conversation with someone in a Facebook group, Right. Someone asked that question, um, you know, I've missed my period for a couple of months. Should I be worried? And there was one girl that <laughs> responded, nope, I brought that up to, you know, I have the same problem. And I brought that up to my doctor and he said, that's normal for female athletes. Wait a second. <laughs> First <laughs> of all, find yourself a new doctor 
because he's <laughs> obviously not up to date on, you know, what's going on in the world. Number two, sure. that is to, to miss your period unless you're potentially pregnant is never a good thing, period, exclamation point. So I think if that's, if there's any conversation that coaches can have with their athletes, it's that one, right? It's not mm -hmm. as important to build their training plan around their cycle, but boy, it's important to make sure they're still having a normal, healthy cycle. And if they're not, we need to do some digging. Either you're under fueling, you know, low energy availability and red S mm -hmm. or you're overtraining or you have some other medical condition going on that requires attention. So, so to have that open conversation with your athletes or athletes, if you're listening to this, have that open conversation with your coach, with your doctor, um, because it's not normal. I don't care what anybody says. That is not normal. That is an old way of thinking. And this is what's gotten so many female athletes, especially like at the high school and college level, right? Into trouble. Right. Yep. So yep. Please, Absolutely. please don't ever say that's normal. It's not. Yeah. No. Thank you for bringing that up for sure. Um, and you had also mentioned menopause. Yeah. Um, can we talk about that for a little bit? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so um, this uh, menopause usually comes at what period in life? So again, it, it can vary. Um, mm -hmm. Usually women enter perimenopause and they don't know it, right? We don't always know it, um, especially if you're in premenopause. If you're someone who never had a regular cycle, you may never know that you're in perimenopause. Um, but that generally happens somewhere between like, it's a wide range. It can be like 40 to 50 years old. Um, mm -hmm. genetics do play a little bit of a part, um, in, in, you know, like if, if, if a woman's mother and grandmother went into early menopause, there's a chance that she might as well. Um, it's not a given, but there's a chance, but then that period usually lasts from five to 10 years or so until, um, the actual moment of menopause is when you hit 12 months with no period. Okay. So Unfortunately, a lot of women go like 10 or 11 <laughs> and then have a period. They're like, oh my God, is this ever going to end? <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and that can happen anywhere from like 45 to 55, um, sometimes even later. Myself, I don't, I, because it wasn't really talked about and studied as much, I didn't even pay any attention when I went, when I started going into perimenopause. Um, but I want to say I was post-menopause. I was probably 54, maybe. Yeah. I don't even remember. It's, it's been <laughs> so long ago. I don't remember. Um, okay. And you know. it, like with the conversation uh, that we were just having, when you did not have your period, did you start consulting with your physician? Um, yeah, I mean, we we had known all along that be, because of my age, that that was most likely what was going on. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest, I was like, hooray for not having a period every month. Um, 
until I realized how detrimental that actually is, uh, you know, to the, to the body. I mean, it's a natural course of, of action, but it, it does start some downward spirals in a lot of areas. You know, people think that sex hormones are just sex hormones and that is not the case at all. That is not the case at all. You know, they affect every single body system. Gotcha. (laughs) Gotcha. Um, so with that said, um, you had mentioned, you know, you just weren't feeling the same and you couldn't train the same. So what did that look like, um, moving forward? So, so there was many different phases for that, right? Because Mm -hmm. this was kind of be, it, it even starts in perimenopause and, and I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. I didn't. Sure know this when I went through perimenopause, but now that I do know it, I try and stress this to my athletes and to anyone that, that I talk about running to who's female or who's a coach, um, is that period of perimenopause is actually when most of the late life weight gain happens, Hmm. right? Because you hear that all the time, right? That women start to gain weight later in life. Well, it's because of this wildly fluctuating hormones that go up and down and they're no longer in sync, right? You may have high estrogen and low progesterone or vice versa, or they're both high at the same time and they're both low at the same time. So those two hormones especially are antagonistic, right? Um, What, you know, estrogen uh, is the primary driver for muscle protein synthesis where progesterone is, is catabolic and breaks down muscle, right? And when the two of those are in sync, then your muscle protein synthesis is in sync, right? Well, now when yep. you start to enter perimenopause and one month there, your hormones are normal and the next month they're all over the place, you start to, your body starts to lose, literally lose control over mm. its own homeostasis. And that's when we start to have some insulin resistance and we start to have some uh, body fat accumulating even in our muscles, right? And and we start to get some of that and we don't store um, or we store carbs too much. And when that happens, it starts to get stored as adipose tissue and you're starting all of this weight gain. Um, So one of the things that we do know is that resistance training, heavy resistance training helps to counteract that, right? It, it re- replaces estrogen. I use the air quotes, replaces estrogen as the primary driver for muscle protein synthesis. So if your athletes, I, I mean, we know that strength training is important overall anyway, mm-hmm. but if they're not already doing it and they're starting to potentially enter perimenopause or they're getting to the point where they there might be starting that getting them in that resistance training program is going to help mitigate that weight gain. And okay. it's going to help mitigate the the blood sugar, you know, the glucose control and all sure. of that stuff that, that starts to go haywire during perimenopause. Okay. Now we get to menopause when we have no hormones at all um, or very little. Right. So we've now lost, not only have we lost the primary driver for muscle protein synthesis and the primary driver for, um, uh, blood glucose control. And, you know, we've started getting some of that insulin resistance and all that stuff. 
um, we've, we also lose our ability to recover Hmm. from hard workouts, um, things like that. So you can't, so if you, and when I say you, if things aren't working, you need to change it. So say if you've been a runner all your life and you're used to be able to run 70, 80, 90 mile weeks and do a lot of high intensity training and you enter perimenopause and holy crap, everything's going, you know, cuckoo and, and, you know, I'm still able to do the 70 or 80, 90 mile weeks, but now I'm starting to get this tire around my middle that never used to be there before. Um, you know, they start training more. And unfortunately what that does is it just, that continues to drive your cortisol levels up, which that's a whole nother, you know, cascade effect, um, that we no longer are, we don't have the estrogen and progesterone protection from the cortisol spikes. So it just starts this, this hamster wheel, right. Of, of I'm gaining more weight. Therefore I have to train more. I'm gaining more weight. I have to train more. And when in effect, we need to change what we're doing. We don't need to increase what we're doing. We need to change what we're doing. So then when I got into myself into menopause and I was like, oh my God, I don't recognize this body anymore. And I can't do, you know, this anymore and that anymore. And I can't handle, that was when I started really digging into this, uh, things that Dr. Stacy Sims is doing and Celine Yeager is doing and other people in their space and learning that instead of doing more, I need to be doing less <laughs> and I need to be doing different, right? So the way my training changed and the way I try to approach my athletes who are in the same demographic as me is I started going to like a two-week build and a one-week deload. And kind of, you know, starting with that, um, it doesn't always look like that, you know, um, I might feel good for a while and be able to handle more and then have to do a drop down week. But it's basically, that's the framework I start with is two weeks on and, and then a one week deload. Um, also only running five days a week instead of six or seven, giving myself those two days a week, completely off from any kind of training. Um, and then that, that one week deload of really reduced training, giving right myself that extra recovery. Um, I've done 200 milers, the 200 milers I've done since being a postmenopausal athlete, I've done with peak weeks of only 50 miles a week okay. and done successfully. Nice. Um, one of them being the Vermont 100 and that's a gnarly, yeah. you know, race, <laughs> um, so my point is it it you don't need to do as much. You typically need to do less, but you need to do other things, some high intensity, you know, a couple of workouts a week or high intensity rather than just all long, slow distance. Um, and then, you know, adding in the, the strength training really made a huge difference for me. Nice. That's and great. My athletes. Yeah. And what does strength training look like for you? Um, I try to do a lot of compound movements, you know, the bench press squat. Um, I have a hitch in my giddy up in my lower back, so I can't do deadlifts, but I do, I can do like single deadlifts, things like that. Um, kettlebell swings, 
and I try to mix it up with some unilateral stuff and bilateral stuff. Cause as runners we're unilateral, right? So you mm-hmm. want to become yep. stronger in that single leg stance, yep. but it's more lifting more on the heavier end, not yep. the 10, 12, 15 reps with a lighter weight. Right. Um, obviously you need to yep. start there, whether you're starting your warm up or you're starting strength training, you kind of need to start there so you don't get injured, but more focusing on really pushing some heavy weights to, to get, cause that's what we lose as women. That's what we lose is power. We lose power. We don't lose endurance. We lose power. So if you want to build that power back up, you have to, what Dr. Sims calls lift heavy shit. <laughs> right on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Thank you for all that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh man. Um, great. Um, so we took us through menopause. Um, other things that you usually share, um, you know, what, what pieces are we missing here? Well, that we're missing a lot of pieces. I think that, um, it's, it's being aware of, that a woman doesn't respond the same way that a man does, whether it's training, nutritional interventions, our hydration needs are different um, simply because of those hormones. And then later in life, the fluctuating hormones and then no hormones. Um, That's one of the things that I try to impress upon my postmenopausal athletes is we often lose the drive, the thirst mechanism for, you know, for thirst and for hunger, we lose that, that primary driver when those hormones flatline. So you have to pay attention to that. Well, I don't drink cause I'm not thirsty. Mm, can't do that. You have to, and I'm, I'm to blame as well. I don't drink as much as I should. My husband's always on me about that. And it's simply because we don't have that, um, that hint that, you know, Hey, you're thirsty. We, we don't have that trigger. Um, and if you've ever noticed a lot of older people, both men and women, they don't need a whole lot. Right. And it's because they lose that trigger, that hunger trigger. Um, so we have to be cognizant of the fact that we now have to be the primary driver for these things, you know, we have to think about it, whether it's setting an alarm or, you know, asking your spouse to remind you, whatever, we have to be very cognizant of that, that we have to be our own driver for drinking water. We have to be our own driver for making sure that we're getting enough fuel, right? Because that, that mechanism is no longer there. Gotcha. Right on. So right on. Um, there's, there's been a a number of times where, um, you know, one of my female athletes will be going to their, um, a race and they're in their a race and they're surprised by their period. Um, yeah. Um, in in anything that they can do in race, um, to help with, uh, with what's going on is, uh, I mean, is there, any suggestions? <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's really tough, right? Because um, you know as well as I do that we definitely don't want to do any NSAIDs or anything like that when we're right. 
in a long race because our kidneys are already going to be taxed. So it's really difficult, um, you know, to suggest, you know, if they're cramping or this or that, it's really hard to suggest taking anything like that. Um, Tylenol might be okay. Um, you know, if they're having any of those issues, I find the biggest issue that they have is how do I deal with (laughs) taking care of this on the trail? Um, (laughs) you know what? So my suggestion when an athlete brings that up, that they're afraid, my suggestion is during the training block, when they have their period, go out and do a long run and figure out how am I going to deal with this? You know, what's the best methodology for me to use? Um, you know, whether it's pads, cup, tampon, whatever, you know, and once I figure that out, how am I going to store it? How, you know, and, and and how am I going to deal with this? Whether that's, you know, carrying a Ziploc bag to, you know, pack out your trash. Um, but you know, doing that will help them also learn, um, cause sometimes our tastes change what we want to eat. Um, what settles in our stomach is different when we have our periods because of, again, those fluctuating hormones, um, right. you know, something that, that people, again, I, I, I alluded to this earlier that these our sex hormones affect all of our other body systems as well. And I'm sure you've probably had this conversation with some of your female athletes that they're like, oh my God, like, you know, I can tell that my period's coming. It's going to be in like a couple of days because my stomach is really upset and I'm having a lot of GI issues. Well, that's because the the sex hormones that are are now floating in your system that are going to cause your uterine lining to shed that smooth muscle, right? It, your uterus starts to, to cramp and pushes out all of that tissue. Well, your intestine is also smooth muscle. Mm-hmm. So that's how I always used to know that my period was at like two days away is I would get really TMI. I'm sorry, but lower GI issues, big time. That was my cue. I knew that, okay, it's going to be in a couple of days. Um, so having your athletes train in, in those conditions, just like you would the weather conditions, the terrain conditions, Mm -hmm. you know, anything else will help them be able to deal with it better on race day. Cause they're a little great more prepared. Yeah. Great suggestion. Cool. Very good. Awesome. Um, again, anything that we should, we should wrap up with, or you got anything else that you want to talk on any the, other subjects that we missed in this? The only last thing to add is, um, used to be called hormone replacement therapy. Now it's called menopause hormone therapy. Um, okay. If any of your athletes are seeking that out for various reasons, the the landscape has kind of changed on that a little bit. It used to be they put all women on hormone replacement therapy because it's, you know, those hormones are protective of, of our cardiovascular system, our brain like everything. So, oh gosh, she's lost all of her hormones. Therefore we need to put her on hormone replacement therapy. And then, you know, the study came out about these women having, you know, all of these health issues because they were on hormone replacement therapy. Um, so 
all of a sudden they stopped doing it completely. Um, <laughs> and now the pendulum is, is swinging back more towards the middle. Um, and a lot of times doctors are, are very willing to do hormone replacement therapy, menopausal hormone therapy, whatever they want to call it, uh, for women who are having life-changing symptoms. So, you know, really bad hot flashes that they can't sleep, um, you know, mood swings, uh, brain fog, things like that, that are affecting either their job or their home life or things like that. So it's very safe. Um, I, you know, certainly would tell them to talk to their doctor about it. Um, there's one caveat. A lot of women want that menopause hormone therapy to mitigate the weight gain. It does not do that. That is the one thing that for some reason, it does not affect the weight gain. Um, the exogenous uh, estrogen is slightly different chemical structure than our endogenous estrogen. So maybe that's why it doesn't, um, you know, work for the, the weight gain, but just having that information and letting them know that if that's the reason that they're looking to go on hormone therapy, we probably want to look at some nutritional interventions and, you know, strength training are probably going to be a better option than that. All right. Thank you for that. That's, I mean, you've shared a lot here. <laughs> and that's, that's fantastic. Um, I hope that helps a number of people, you know, not only uh, the female runners, but coaches alike, because uh, absolutely it, it, a lot to consider. So thank you for that. Um, of course. You said that um, you uh, do have some availability for your own coaching. Yeah, I do. Yep. Okay. Yep. I do. Um, and how can, how can they get in touch with you? So, I'm on a couple of different platforms, <laughs> almost <laughs> had a partner there. Um, so I'm on Facebook. They, they can certainly find me under my name, Faith Raymond Strafach, okay. or I do have a business page, Run Long, Run Strong Endurance Coaching. Okay. I am on Instagram, both my, my personal, it's Confessions of a Runner Girl. <laughs> and uh, my business page is Run Long, Run Strong Endurance on Instagram. And my website is runlongrunstrong.com. So any one of those ways they can reach out and awesome. I'll be happy to chat with them. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, Faith, um, this won't be the last time we'll be reaching out. We'll have another podcast sometime and, and talk more about uh, coaching and um, what that all looks like to, to each of us. So uh, I really enjoy these conversations. So thank you for all you do and for all you do for our community. Uh, you're, you're a great uh, resource. Uh, everybody could find you um, commenting on Facebook groups and <laughs> which is fantastic. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing your knowledge. It's, it's incredible. So thank you. Of course. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you again, Coach Faith. Uh, there was just a lot in that episode. So um, I hope people can take a lot away from that, not only females in their training, but but coaches. Um, as we look at um, as, at how the menstrual cycle affects training and racing, especially. So um, thank you again. Uh, and here in the world of running is life, uh, it's busy. Man, it's busy. Um, I've already had somebody reach out to me about training for Hellbender, um, which is cool. They heard the podcast, the Hellbender 100 podcast, and uh, and reached out. 
So um, <clears throat> glad that's still a resource for, for people that you can go and listen to the Hellbender 100 podcast that we did. Um, lots of information in there, training, um, you know, uh, course descriptions, uh, all sorts of stuff, you know, what to expect. So if you're running Hellbender, uh, you know, Google that and see if you can find the old episodes because uh, that was um, a lot pertaining to Hellbender. Um, I, of course, am also doing Hellbender. Super exciting about that. Uh, my own training right now, I'm still in the base phase. Um, I haven't started doing strides just yet, just really trying to get my legs back under me and build up my aerobic base. So sticking to you know zone two and zone three primarily. Uh, I've done a few runs with, with others where the heart rate has spiked, um, gotten into zone four, <laughs> probably even some zone five with some of the climbing that I did with Morgan Elliott and Joe Quinlan. <laughs> uh, they showed me a new trail here in uh, the Bend Creek area, which was just, um, wow, uh, <laughs> super steep, which will be great for Hellbender training. Um, glad to know that resource is there. Um, so, but, um, but yeah, uh, continuing to strength train. Um, continue doing mobility routines. I'm doing an active warm up prior to every run, um, doing form drills. So a lot of stuff that I'm trying to incorporate to, uh, to, you know, to stay healthy and get ready for hellbender, but primarily it's just, you know, going by heart rate right now. Um, and continuing to be patient, uh, watching, you know, the heart rate drop. Uh, and I'm kind of going day to day based on how I feel, um, I did a long run, my longest run uh, to date for this training cycle on Sunday. Got a little over two hours, um, but it was it was ten miles, uh, trail miles, of course, and uh, just again being super patient with the heart rate. I busted out my poles. Um, you know, the the leaves here are covering a lot of the rocks and roots, so I wanted a little extra stability. Uh, Morgan and Elliot tapes his ankles. Um, Morgan just won the shut in, which was really cool to see. Uh, I was glad to be able to be out there and volunteer. So, um, very cool, and congrats to Morgan. And so uh, he's he's been taping his ankles, and I think that's a great idea, just to provide some extra proprioception and stability, a little extra peace of mind, if you will. So, um, but you can check out online. I think Max King has a great video. Um, I will certainly try to um, <clears throat> to put that in the show notes. I'm making a note as I speak um, about uh, the ankle taping. So, um, but yeah, lots going on. Um, in in everything you know track has just started up for me so uh we've got indoor track and the athletes um you know getting ready for indoor track um cross country state meet just wrapped up for the high schoolers but they still have uh foot lockers i guess it's back to foot lockers now uh for those of you that are familiar with the you know the national championship um so pretty cool um I've been trying to be a little bit more cognizant of my footprint. Um, I bought so many shoes during the Grand Slam, which was, you know, it was not the greatest thing. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit better about uh, about not buying as much um, and, and making so much of a carbon footprint with my, my footwear choices. Um, my watch is, is it's, it's starting to go. Um, I have a, an Apex Pro, the first edition. It's a few years old. The battery, I noticed, is, is starting to to wean a little bit quicker um as much as i don't want to replace that um i have the vertex too but it just seems to be too heavy of a watch um it really it kind of bugs my wrist um so i don't know I'm, I'm trying to figure out what to do um you know if i should uh you know somehow make this vertex 2 work or if i should uh upgrade to something else but something for me to figure out um i did replace my waist lamp 
Um, I'll probably be selling um, my uh, my old Ultra Spire waist lamps. Uh, I also have a Kogala, so I'll probably start putting this stuff online. So, it, but if you're interested in, uh, I think it's a I have a Lumen 400 and a Lumen 600 Ultra Spire belt because uh, I just upgraded to the 850. Um, but if you're interested in that or a Kogala. Um, reach out to me. You can uh, message me through any of the the links in the uh, in the show notes. So if you're interested in those, please reach out. Um, know that I can't send the battery. That's just something um, we're not supposed to send through the mail. I could check to see if I could send it through UPS, but lithium batteries, uh, I, I don't think you can send through the mail. I think there's like a special permit for to do so. Um, but again, if you're interested, please reach out. Um, I do have, uh, do have some headlamps too. <laughs> my collection. Like I said, I'm trying not to have so much of a footprint. So, uh, and I don't want to be wasteful. So I'm trying to, trying to sell those. Um, and, uh, uh, that way, <laughs> that way my, uh, my gear closet's a little, little less. Um, so stay tuned for the, the social media posts on that stuff. Um, cause I'll, I'll be moving that stuff out here pretty soon at a, hopefully at a fair price. So, um, stay tuned. And uh, we're going to do a turkey trot coming up here in two weeks. I'm going to run with my daughter. We're doing a 5K, um, but first time I've lined up for a 5K in a long time. <laughs> Not that I'm going to be, well, it might be a race effort trying to keep up with my daughter. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but I'm excited for that. That should be pretty fun. My wife's going to do it. You know, We offered my son. I don't know if we can get him out the door on, on Thanksgiving morning, but um, no, nah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that. So, um, But other than that, my first race really isn't until uh, January. Uh, doing the South Mountains Half Marathon, uh, which I'm really excited about, and uh, then heading to West Virginia in February and doing the Cabin Fever 50K through the New River Valley Gorge. Pretty excited about that one. Uh, and then March, I'll be doing the Heartbreaker 50 Miler, uh, which is on the Hellbender course in uh, in the tune-up for the Hellbender, which is uh, May 10th. So that's my race schedule. Super, super excited for everything. Just happy to be running again. Um, really enjoying it, even though, uh, like I said, having to be patient with the heart rate and just you know go at the slower paces right now. Uh, I know it will be beneficial for me later on, and I keep trying to stress that to my athletes as well as to you all. Uh, if you have any questions about training, want to reach out about coaching, please do so. Um, you can connect with me anyway. My website is runningislife.run. Check out there if you want to see a little bit more about my coaching style, coaching philosophy. Um, and then again, reach out to me. I'll send you my call schedule and we'll set up a call and we can talk. Um, call schedule is a little busy right now. I'm doing year-end reviews with all my athletes. So we're going over how their year went, how they felt about things and um, what they're looking forward to. Talking about goals for 2024 and race seasons, of course. So um, call schedule is a little bit busy right now, but I mean, we'll definitely we'll definitely get you in. <laughs> definitely get you a call. So uh, please link up with me if you're interested. Okay. Um, other than that, my friends, I think that's everything I have to say. So I hope this finds you well and that your training goes well. If you have an A race coming up, good luck to you. Um, some really cool stuff uh, as a last touch point. Um, I had uh, seven athletes in shut-in. They all finished. I was very proud of all of them. Uh, some gutsy performances uh, as well as uh, I think I had four, four runners. One, two... 
three, four. Yeah, I think I had four runners in the New York City Marathon, all of which finished um, and PR'd. Uh, well, not all of them PR'd, excuse me, but um, had a PR there, which is impressive on the New York City course. She had just PR'd at Chicago as well. So Jennifer Byers, congratulations. Um, the others, uh, the one had done the uh, Marine Corps 50K the weekend before. Um, the others had done, one had done Chicago, the other had done Berlin. So, I mean, just a huge fall. And uh, congrats to Sandra. She's been a previous guest. She did get her six star. Uh, and we talked about uh, kind of doing back-to-back marathons in these majors. And so Sandra achieved her six star. So congratulations to her. And lastly, I had five athletes in the Rim to River. Is that right? Yeah, I had five athletes in the Rim to River 100 miler. One was his first time. So Joe Bosing, I know you're probably listening to this. Congratulations on your finish. Um, Mark and Laura Rollins, uh, some some local legends here. They they gutted it out and they've had a huge year. So I'm so proud of them. Um, And congrats to John Horner. Uh, of the Trail Trash podcast and uh, Mike Reardon. The the two of them did outstanding. The both of them, um, John had run Yeti 100 and Mike had run the Bear, both very recent September, uh, and, but both got their finishes and it was their third time finishes. So just some really cool stuff that's been going on here. Um, really proud of all the runners, uh, you know, and, and their true grit, you know, to have a 100% finish rate in, in these type of events. It's just incredible. So super stoked. Um, for my athletes, they keep me, keep me inspired and keep me, uh, looking forward to seeing what they can do and, and what I can do when I get out there. So really enjoying this process. Um, wrapping up a nutrition, uh, um, um, uh, certification right now, sports endurance, uh, nutrition certification. And, uh, all I have left to do is take the test. Um, got through all the modules. There were 20 different modules. Uh, it's not that I will be a nutritionist nor dietitian. No. Um, and it's not that I will provide nutritional advice. It just gives me a background as to what's going on with the body. Um, you know, so far as our metabolism, um, and, you know, understanding what the, the athlete needs, um, not only before, during and after, but just, you know, kind of in general, uh, when we do run, you know, at certain efforts, what's going on, what energy systems are using, what caloric intake they need, you know, what, what it requires of the body. So it's just rounding out, you know, some of my coaching, I'm really excited about that. Uh, next up is the sports psychology um, certification. Uh, again, not to be a sports psychologist, but I'm just trying to fill in gaps and, you know, be a better coach and, and just have a more well-rounded approach to coaching so that I understand what's going on, you know, uh, physically and mentally. So, um, just, you know, again, just trying to be the best coach I can continue learning. I think that's the biggest thing in life is that we continue learning, continue to strive to be better as we do with our running. Right. So, that's where I'm at. Um, I, again, I hope this finds you well. And, uh, and until next time, my friends, keep moving forward because running is life.